Thanks for tuning in. We hope this message encourages and challenges you today. Now here's Pastor Marco DeBarros. I want to talk to some people who understand what it means to take ownership of a house. Amen? Amen. It's an awesome thing. It's a beautiful thing to be God, part of God's plan. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than all of us. You know, and it all starts with a dream. That's why we wanted to have this brochure start this way. It starts with a dream. But this dream is not our dream. It's God's dream. How many know that the church is God's dream? You know, this is God's dream for humanity to be blessed, to be healed, to be restored, to be set free. God had a plan all along for, for humanity. And he said, I want to I make sure that all over the world. Did you know this? All over the world right now, people are worshiping Jesus Christ all over the world. It's God's dream. All over the city, there's so many other churches. We pray God bless them and, 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 and use them there because it's God's dream for everybody to find a local church. This is God's heart. There's only one thing that Jesus said he would build on this earth. It was a church. It's the only thing. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And when, and when he says church, he means it's people. I'm going to build my people and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Can you say amen? This is God's dream. We are part of God's dream. You know? And, and what's cool is when you... When you read the Bible, you see God will always focuses on a specific individual, a group of people, to start a movement. You know, for us, we're part of a movement that's been along, around for 30 years. You know, New Life started 30 years ago under the leadership of Pastor Steve Boyce. God gave him a vision for a church that would be powerful, that would be majestic. A church that would help to shift the spiritual landscape of New England. And since then, you know, the church started with three families. Just three families who had this vision, who had this heart. And with a personal credit card, they rented a storefront church. Can you imagine? I would love to see that first Sunday of like three families saying, this is church. You know? But what's beautiful is when you're part of God's dream, you're part of something way bigger than your own self. You know, the Bible says to never, never despise the day of small beginnings because if you're faithful in the little, God will keep adding to it. God will keep blessing. God will keep enlarging your territory. God will keep making ways. And today, because of that, 30 years later, there's four different campuses happening right now as we speak. And by the time we're done with today, we'll have eight services that's happened in New Life Church. Just today, we already had a TV program that aired on Fox this morning. And then we'll have one tonight on ABC right after the news. Did you know that every single Sunday, over 8,000 people watches our television program and they get blessed through the TV? Starts with a dream, God's dream, because our dream is too small. You know, God's dream is bigger than us, and it requires all of us to take part of his plan. So three years ago, we launched this particular campus. Did you know that when we launched this particular campus, we knew we had 20 people that want to do this? 20 people who had been meeting, praying, believing God for this. Again, don't despite the day of small beginnings. We met in some weird places because <laughs> we didn't have a place. I remember one time we met in a campground. It was so pitch black that I'm like, you got to have some serious faith to find this place. Like, you really want to want God's will to be able to find this place. No lampposts, no signals, no signs, nothing. It's like, man, God was really saying, like, who's really want to see me move in New Bedford? You're going to have to find a way to get here. 
And it's amazing because we met there, we prayed, we believed. And, and guess what? Today we're seeing the fruits of what it means to trust God, to believe God from the beginning. I remember January 19, 2014, it was our first Sunday morning service. No idea what was going to happen, who was going to show up. We came here and had our first service. And I'll, I'll, this number will never leave me for the rest of my life. 78 people show up that day, and we said, we're on our way to God's dream. We're on our way to God's purpose. Three years later today, Every single Sunday, over 800 people gather right here in this place. Never despise the day of small beginnings. It starts with a dream. God's dream is bigger than all of us. Did you know this? That in three years, we have done 91 Serve the City outreaches in New Bedford. 91 Serve the City outreaches. Shelters. Detention centers, block parties, rock the city, you know, uh, nursing homes and street teams. Yesterday was another street team. That's actually 92 now because we did one yesterday. <laughs> Shout out to all of you who came out the street team yesterday. Since Pastor Steve is preaching next week, I'll be able to go with you guys next week as well. I'm excited because uh, I would never ask you to do something that I'm willing to do myself. Amen. 91. You know how many people we've touched if you do an estimation of all the block parties and all the shelters and everything else, if you look at the rough estimate, we've touched over 8,000 people in this city through those outreaches. Did you know that today we have over 220 people serving in a ministry team? You know, you know how crazy that is? Did you know that the church is supposed to work like a body? Like, you have parts of your body that you're just thankful it's working. You don't even know it's working. Aren't you glad your liver's working? Aren't you glad your pancreas is working, your intestines are working? I'm so glad that our people are working, that you never see them, but God sees them. And we thank God for every single one who works. Everybody loves the final product, but it's a process to get to this point. It's been a beautiful journey, not easy but a beautiful journey nonetheless because when it's God's dream, God always makes a way. When we sing, when we sing I've seen you do it, we've seen him do it. And we know he'll do it again. Can you say amen? It's an awesome thing. So today is a, is a big deal for us. This day will go down in the history of our church, of the day that we said now is time for the next move of God. Because think about it. We've done all this without a place to call home. You know, we've used over a dozen, a dozen places to have church services. Places like Pulaski that will be there Wednesday night, Roosevelt Middle School, Keith Middle School, Normandin Middle School, Vogue Tech High School, Fall River Church. We had to go there one time. You know how many places we've been? But guess what? God says, I see you. I see your faithfulness. I see what you've done, and I will bless you, and I will honor you. But it starts with a dream, a God dream. I pray that you understand what it means to be part of something bigger than you. This is not about us. This is about all of us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about all of us. This is bigger than me. It's bigger than Pastor Steve. This is God's dream. This is God's reality for his people. But can you imagine for a second, if he's done this so far, how much more can he do 
with a place that we can say, this is our place, this is our house. There's, like, there's nothing like owning your own house. Speaking of owning your own house, you know how many people have been blessed with a new home, a new car, material things? God will bless you in every aspect. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know how many people have told me since I started tithing and putting God first, the breakthroughs that I receive? I'm telling you, God is faithful. He'll do exceedingly above. You can never ask or thank him. He's awesome. Starts with the dream. You know, you can't, you can't put spiritual things on a spreadsheet. You can't. I can't bring out a spreadsheet and say, look, we're in the clear. Okay? Because it, it's bigger than that. How, how do you put life's change in a spreadsheet? How do you put the fact that families came here on the brink of divorce and now they're happily married and they're loving coming to church and they're loving, their kids are loving the church? You can't, you can't put that stuff on a spreadsheet. You know how many drug addicts are set free in Jesus' name in this place? You can't put that stuff on a spreadsheet. How many people have told us this is where they found their identity, they found their purpose, they found God, they found God's will, they, they're living their purpose in God. And if you're one of them, why don't you take a moment and give God some praise today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful thing when we're part of God's plan. Beautiful thing when, when we're seeing what we prayed unfold. God said, I want to do a new normal in this city. You know what new normal looks like? Well, it looks like the person next to you. Because you don't know what they've been through to be here right now. You don't know what God has done in their lives. So we cannot put this stuff on a spreadsheet. We will never know the full extent of what God has done in this place until we get to heaven. And God opens up everything and says, look, this is why you did everything that you did. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than all of us. But can you imagine for a second what it would be like to not have to set up every single Sunday? Set up team. You know what I'm talking about. 7 o'clock in the morning. See, some people come in and they think, oh, wow, look, it all just falls into place. God just says, TV, open. No, God says, no, I called you. Now go put a TV in place. Go put a keyboard in place. Go put a speaker in place. Go put a projector in place, right? Go, go put uh, some wires in place. Go put some drums in place. Because when you set up to worship me, I'll show up in the middle of that, and I'll do things you cannot do for yourself. But imagine having a place of your own where you can open it every day. And, and have so many different things that we want to do in this city. Like, I believe that we haven't scratched the surface yet. We're still believing God for bigger and better things. Listen, can you imagine a place where our kids can be able to say, we have our own kids' wing. Like, we can do whatever we want in there. We can have whatever we need to have in there for our kids. Our kids deserve this. It's awesome. You know, if, if you can just open this for a second, right? If you go to, to just that, that's a rough draft of a layout, okay? You're still working on this. But I want to give you a picture of what's ahead. Look, our own kids' wing. Right now, our kids are meeting in, in janitor's closets and different things because we just make it, we make it work. Right? But how awesome would it be? It's their room. It's their toys, it's, it's their thing, and, and we'll be able to sit back and, and see what God will do with our kids. 
you imagine a sanctuary where we can be able to design and do whatever we want and I'd be in a rush to get out of here and we can just soak in the presence of God and I'm worried about having to break down? I don't think we'll know what to do with ourselves. You know, we might just keep setting up and breaking down just, just for the fun of it. Here's another cool thing. Like, where's this storage there? We have enough room. We're actually going to make a food pantry where we can feed people who are in need every single week. Uh, how cool is that? Because God doesn't just bless you spiritually. He blesses you emotionally. He blesses you physically. You know, he says, when I was hungry, you fed me. Right? When I was naked, you clothed me. Can you imagine being able to feed 100 families every single week? That's a beautiful thing. God's dream. And, and one of my personal favorites is to be able to have office space to have meetings. I don't have to keep going to Dunkin' Donuts. Like, <laughs> like I think they think I work there now. <laughs> you, know, you know how awkward it is to be, for example, having marriage counseling and wife's crying. People are peeking in there. They're like, what's that guy doing to that? But like, you know how weird that is? Now, in three years, you know how many meetings I've had at Dunkin' Donuts and Panera Bread? Because I like Panera Bread, so I go there to have meetings at Panera Bread. You know how many uh, uh, pounds I'm going to lose now that we have an office? You know? It's, it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing, what God wants to do. But he takes every single one of us. It takes every single one of us. This is, cannot be one of those things where, you know, some people are into this. Can I just tell you right now, my pet peeve. One of my biggest pet peeves in church is church hopping. I don't believe in it. I'm not for it. I believe that God calls you to a local church to plant yourself there, to, to build yourself there, to serve there, to give there, to give everything that you have. I don't believe in that nonsense of, I like their worship over there, so I'll go over there, and then I'll go over here, and then I'll go over there. It's like, wait, are you ever going to be a pillar in God's house and be rooted and grounded and make a difference? So again, today I want to talk to people who say, this is, this is my home church. This is where God called me to be. This is where God wants to use me because God is not into flakiness. God is into commitment. God is into ownership. Right? Jesus didn't go to the cross for us to live a flaky life. Jesus went to the cross for us to live a steady life, a consistent life, a, a progress life, a, a life that continues to go from glory to glory, and a life that makes a difference, a life that is a blessing to others. Jesus will never bless you just for you. If your Christianity only blesses you, it's not Christianity, it's me-anity. Yes, we should clap for that. A lot of people are confusing Christianity with their own religion. Like, if you don't put your hands to the plow, if you don't serve, if you don't give, if you don't, if you don't say, God, I'm all in, then it's, it, it's your thing that you got going on. Yeah. Right? God's thing is, no, it's about the body. Yeah. He never calls his church in a singular, always in the plural. That's good. Always in the plural, always about us. Yeah. That's good. Right? Always about us. So before we go any further, is anybody with me this morning that this is God's will for us? We have an amazing opportunity to put down roots and establish the house of God in this city. Again, there's some questions to consider. Can you imagine what will God do in a permanent place? What are the possibilities moving forward? And most importantly, this is the best question. 
How many more lives can be impacted for eternity when you have a place to call home? Just dream with me for a second. Can you imagine being able to have workshops for different things in the church? Can you imagine being able to say, hey, tonight, parents, we're going to have a parent workshop to help you with your children. Can you imagine being able to just help people where they are? Can you imagine, since we're, we're right by the water, to be able to open that up and say, listen, tonight it's a community night. We're just going to grill. We're going to hang out. We're going to listen to some music outside and just enjoy. Can you imagine having more services? Like, like we can do... We can do a Saturday night service for those people that can't make it to Sunday morning. Sky's the limit of what God can do. Can you say amen? amen? I believe this. I believe that together we can help redefine the church for this region. Nothing makes me more sad and angry at how small we make church in this area. Nothing is more sad for a person that knows God. He knows that God is not a God of small things. God is a God of the universe. God can do exceedingly above. You can never ask for a thing. I believe God wants to do something huge in this area. I believe together we can help people rethink church. You know, our biggest challenge is that people have the wrong idea what church is. And I don't blame them because a lot of churches give us all the wrong ideas of what church is. Some of you guys, before you came here, you had the wrong idea of church. Right? Can you imagine being able to have a place where people can say, wait, this is what church is meant to be? Like some of you guys, it's your first time. You probably were shocked that we do this. You haven't seen nothing yet. I'll tell you, some of my favorite comments are for people that, that didn't, didn't think this is church. I've heard people say, man, that's the Best mess I've ever been to. One dude said, yo, that mess was banging. Those are quotes that I treasure in my heart because I'm like, that's what we want to do. We want to rethink church. People said, the priest wears Jordans. That's awesome. Call me Father Marco. I'll take it. Bless you. You know. Whatever it takes. I'm not making this up. One woman said, that's how I got my husband to come to church. I took a picture of your shoes and said, look, the pastor wears Jordans. And guess what? He's in church right now. He's in church right now. So I'm all about it. You just got to start a fund for me to get more Jordans so we can get more people to come to church. Whatever it takes. I almost worried today. But my wife was like, go with, go with the class you look today because I'm trying to be pastoral, you know. <laughs> trying. You know. But we can help people rethink church, amen. amen. But it will require all of us. Yeah. It will require sacrifice, yeah. ownership, yeah. and commitment. Yeah. That's how God works. God works in sacrifice. The heart of Christianity is sacrifice. For God so loved the world, he sacrificed his son on your behalf. That's how God is serious about you. Right? And he says, now that I've done that for you, then you become a living sacrifice for me. That together we can win more people for Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. So listen. 
It requires all of us. And the cool thing about the Bible is everything we need to do has already been laid out for us. I want to show it to you today that, that what we need to do, God already said in his word how we're going to do it. I want to show you from the first church that was built in the Bible how we're going to do this going forward. Right? If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Chronicles 29. Okay? This is King David, a man after God's own heart. He said, we need to build a place where the presence of God can be felt where lives can be restored. God is everywhere, but we need a, 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 a central location for God, to, for people to come. And so he wanted to build this church, but God told him, he said, David, not you. you you've been to too many wars. You have too, many, too much blood in your hands, but you can establish everything that needs to be established for your son Solomon to build it. So this is what we're reading from, the first building of God's house in the Bible. Look, First Chronicles 29 says, Then King David turned to the entire Assembly. Who is the entire assembly? The church, the people. And said, my son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. Can I stop there for a second? Can I tell you this? Our church is young and inexperienced. Now, you can't ask a three-year-old to act like a 30-year-old. I tell people this all the time. Don't compare New Bedford with Smithfield. Smithfield's been running for 30 years. We've been running for three years. It's not fair to ask a three-year-old to act like a 30-year-old. Okay? And so, and so I say this to tell you this. <laughs> I tell you this to tell you this. I'm a young and inexperienced pastor. Okay? So don't expect me to meet all your expectations and requirements and stuff. You better pray for me to grow into God's will and purpose. Okay? When you get mad at me, that's a sign for you to be praying. God, help that inexperienced young pastor. He gets on my nerves, but man, he's so good. I love him. Help him. Bless him. Come on, somebody. Bless your pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Now you're going to make me mess up my contacts. You got it? I didn't want to. You know how much your eyes hurt when you, when you have contacts and you cry? It's, it's the worst. So please, sit down. Yeah. I have a big headache after this. But for real, it's a process. It's a journey. But we're in this together. You know, we care about each other. At the end of the day, we want the same exact things. Now, we may have different approaches, but we want the same exact things. Can you say amen? So we're in this together. So look, the work ahead of him is enormous. Or how Trump would say, it's huge. (laughs) For the temple he will build is not for mere morals. It is for the Lord God himself. Verse 2. Using every resource of my command, I have gathered as much as I could for the building, the temple of my God. Now there's enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, all kinds of fine stone and marble. And now, because of my devotion, devotion, that's powerful. David loves God, and he loves his church. Because of my devotion. Are you following? Because I lost my place. 
I'm, I'm just, I'm letting you in on some secrets today of how we do this. When you see us stumbling, we're trying to find our block. You know, you guys with me? I'm, I'm just lost. Just let you in, young, inexperienced pastor. Bear with me. <laughs> David says, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am given all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This, in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. I am donated, watch this, look at David just flaunting. I am donated more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir, 260 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings, and for other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. David tells you, like, this is what I'm doing. Can I just tell you something? When it comes to building God's house, every time you see this, they always lay out what they gave. You know why? Because when you're doing something for the Lord, you go public with it. Now, if you're doing something for the poor, the Bible says you don't have to tell anybody, okay? Because that's between you, the person, and God. But when it comes to God's house, you can just say, this is what, why? Because you, you're making a statement of faith, and you're telling other people, this is what I'm doing, and this is what you can do too. So on, once he does all that, look what he says. Now then... Who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? David says, I'll start with me. I'll lead the way. But what about you? What will be your sacrifice? What will you give to make this happen? And so the people responded. Watch this. Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the ministry teams, and the king's administrative officers all gave, here's the key word, all gave willingly. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 180 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasure of the house of the Lord under the care of Jeliel, a descendant of Gershon. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. Can you say amen? amen? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. God already laid out the, the, the blueprint and how to build his church. That's what the Bible is all about. The Bible is to show you how to live for God's will and how to do it together as a church. Can you say amen? amen. David had a beautiful heart for the Lord. David just loved the Lord, and he wanted to do something that would illustrate how big his God is. Because your sacrifice says how big your God is. Did you know that? Your level of sacrifice says how big is your God. Small sacrifice, small God. Big sacrifice, big God. And big returns. Can you say amen? amen? David knew. He said the work ahead is enormous. In other words, it's a lot of work. People don't realize how much Church is work. Some people just show up. Hey, this is awesome. Not realize how much work it takes to be where we are today and to, and to go where we want to go in the future. Like in order for us to do this, it might, it's going to take a few months of laboring intensely. Did you know this? As new life in 30 years, we always have built the stuff ourselves. 
We only hire out when we can't do it. But it's all in-house. Everybody contributes. Everybody can play a role in the building of God's house. See, every time I show up, I have zero experience with construction. So they give me the, the most safest thing to do every time I show up. <laughs> every time I show up to do a building project, they're like, ah, oh, you see that wall? Go sand that wall. Because they know I can't mess that up. I remember one time we were building the Fall River campus, and the guardrails needed to be, needed to be sanded. And I said, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to send this thing like, like I'm a, like the best sending work ever. Like I'm going to go all out. I put like two hours into this thing. I'm sending this thing. I'm thinking, man, I'm killing this thing. Like they gave me a say, I'm going to do the best job possible. And I remember two hours later, Pastor Steve went by the guy where he was, hey, did you send that yet? It's like, yo, I just put two hours into that thing, you know. But the beauty of it is we can all take ownership. Every single one of us can take ownership. And build. But look, I love the heart of David. He said, this is for God. This is not, for, this is not little. Again, it burns me up when I see people reduce the church to little. Because it tells me you have no respect for God and you have no vision for what it could be. People say, oh, anything will do for God. And then you go to your house, but why is it that not anything can go in your house? If you read the Bible, David said, it's, David, you know what David said? David said, it's unacceptable, he said, for God's Ark of the Covenant to be in a little tent when we are living in a castle. David said, it's unacceptable. We need to build something that shows and reflects the heart of God and the heart for his people. And so we're going to go all out and give everything that we have. You know, by the time they're done building this temple, that they estimated today's numbers, today's finances. They said the Temple of Solomon cost around $2 billion. $2 billion to build the house of God. Let that sink in for a second. And over here, people talking about, you guys, all you guys want is money. Your dollar over $2 billion? Are you kidding me? Do the math. No, no, no. This is about ownership. This is about saying, oh, no, we serve a mighty God, and nothing is too big for our God. So we said, I'll use every resource. I gather as much as I can to build a temple. It's a sacrifice. It's a sac. This is not like, oh, if I have something. No, this is a, hey, it's got to be for my heart. Sacrifice. See, can I tell you David's conviction? I love his conviction. I pray this gets on you. Here's how David feels about the things of God. Look, in in, in Samuel, he said this, I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, that have cost me nothing. That's a conviction. It's like, man, I know my God, and I'm not going to give him anything half-hearted. I'm not going to give him leftovers. That's not the God I serve. Because if you sow leftovers, you get leftovers. David knew, like, no, I'm sowing into a big God, and I'm expecting big returns. Can you say amen? amen. I pray that's our conviction. 100 tons of gold, 260 tons of silver, bronze, iron, wood. I mean, David's like, I'm going to go all out for this. And then he turns to the people and said, now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord. I believe this with all my heart. A leader always leads by example. I can never ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. So let me tell you what we're going to do. Okay. When we moved here three years ago, we bought a house. And at that point, we were a family of almost five. We were pregnant again. We bought a three-bedroom house. And so this year, beginning of the year, we said, okay, our family goal this year is to buy a bigger house because... Three bedrooms, now we have a family of seven. 
you have no idea what that feels like with five kids under the age of 10. Like, I would love to calculate how many hours we spent just picking up stuff from the floor every single day. Like, it's got to be a lifetime. It's got to be at least 10 years of my life has been spent just picking things up. When you have a family of seven, there's no way you can go. They, they, it's, like, it's like the scripture says, God, where can I go from your presence? God, where can I go from my kids' presence? Like, you can't, can't go anywhere that they're not there. You know, and parents, you know what I'm talking about. The worst thing is, you know, you get up to go to the bathroom, you're always stepping on something. <laughs> Remember one time I stepped on this toy and I rebuked that toy in Jesus' name? Because <laughs> I don't know who had the idea of giving one of my kids this, this, this stuffed animal that, that I stepped on 3 o'clock in the morning with this weird voice and he had the prayer, now I lay myself to sleep, I pray the Lord. I'm like, that's the devil. I rebuked that in Jesus' name. kind of pray is that? I lay myself to sleep. Like, why did you give that to a two-year-old? What's wrong with you? I threw that toy out. We never saw it again. But all that to say, we, our goal this year was, God, we're praying for a bigger house. We're going to start saving because we need a bigger place. We can't keep doing this. But when the opportunity came, we knew that, that this building could be a possibility. We, we knew already, no, we're going to sacrifice that. Because because if you can take care of God's house, God will always take care of your house. That's a philosophy. So we knew it wasn't, it wasn't even a question. We knew, like, okay, that's, that's settled. Like, we're going to give to this, and we know God's going to bring a return. And we thought, up to this week, we thought it's $5,000. We're going to give $5,000. We thought, that's big. That's big time. And then this week in prayer, God's like, I was like, uh, like, 5500 <laughs> you ever talk to God like that? You're like, um, at first you're like, no, that's the devil. But then your rationale doesn't make sense because you're like, the devil will never tell you to give. The devil tells you to keep. <laughs> so that can't be the devil. No, it was God saying, you know, 5,000 is what you can do. But what can you do with me? There's a difference. If you can do it, it's not faith. That's you. But what can you do that's going to require faith? And so this week, after praying, I came home and I told her, I said, God said $10,000. We're going to to donate $10,000 to the house. And she's my witness. We said that. Scared us to death. If it doesn't scare you, it's not God. It's got to be like, I can't do this, God. You got to show up, you know, and she's my witness, you can testify to this, an hour later, and I mean like literally within the next hour, we received a huge financial blessing, within an hour, an hour, I'm telling you, man, put him first, and watch what he will do, put him first, we were floored, I'm still floored, like, uh, what, what? It doesn't always happen that quickly. I'm not saying it's going to happen like that, but many happen quickly. <laughs> now we're like, we're like, we should have said more than 10. We're like, we, we, we should have. She was like, is it 10? I was like, I'm pretty sure it said 10. Because now we're like, we should have said more. And then we get, you know what I mean? <laughs> but my question is, will you join us? Yeah. What will be your sacrifice? What sacrifice in a house? Maybe it's on a vacation for you. 
Maybe, maybe it's your house. I don't know. What is God telling you? Because if this is your house, then there's got to be a level of sacrifice that comes with it. Don't get quiet on me now because this is where faith comes to play. It's about making a faith statement. Everybody says they believe in God until it comes time to actually believe. Do you notice that? Everybody believes in God, but it's like, if you believe in God, you got to have some actions with it. Because faith has legs. Faith has, it touches your wallet. So it's not just saying it. By the way, if you say, hey, new life with my church, I love it so much, the music is amazing. Well, here's your chance. To show that you love new life, here's a chance to say, like, uh, yeah, the pastor, oh, he wears Jordan's amazing, but here's your chance. Here's your chance to put your faith to the test. Somebody ought to get excited to see what God is going to do when you put him first, seek him first, honor him first, and watch him make a way where there seems to be no way. Take a moment. By faith, begin to thank him now for what he's going to do in your life, in your family, in your kids' life. Amen. Amen. What will be your sacrifice? Watch what will God do. Can I, I want to help us with a couple of things today with faith. This is how you break the poverty mindset. You don't break the poverty mindset by hoarding. You break the poverty mindset by giving. See, everybody thinks they don't have a problem with money. Isn't it funny? I don't have a problem with money. I don't have any. That's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem. Right? Everybody says they don't have a problem with money, but if we don't, then why is it controlling us? Why is it that every decision I have to first check my bank account? Why is it that every time I want to go to the store to just get a drink, I'm like, how's this going to affect my bank account? That's a problem with money. Why is it every time your kids want something, you have to calculate? How is this going to hurt? No, that's a problem with money. That's a poverty mindset. My wife said something powerful last night because we talk about what we're going to say and stuff. And she said, poverty starts in the mind. I said, you go, girl, you should be preaching this. Like, Because it's true. Poverty starts with how you think, not your wallet. Your wallet is just the consequence of your mind. The way you think will affect your wallet. When you get fully rescued by the Lord, your wallet gets saved too. Jesus controls your wallet. Your wallet doesn't control you. There's a difference. Because every time, if you have to make a money decision, you have to look at the money and say, what, tell me what I can and cannot do. You're worshiping money. You're not worshiping God. Because my God can do exceedingly above you can ever ask or think. That's why when he said $10,000, at first, you, you know, you had that flesh moment. But guess what? My spirit raised up and said, wait, I've seen him move before. He moves mountains. He's going to do it again. See, when we moved here, we had no business buying a house. Matter of fact, the church wasn't even operating. Why would anyone in their right mind buy a house in a city not knowing if it's going to work? It's called faith. It's called faith. We didn't tell anybody we're coming. We just bought a house and said, God, we're going to go and do this so we don't have no plan B. You're going to have to move. 
You know what happened? We bought this house with no money, and they kept having issues with the title of the house. We didn't start to pay our mortgage until six months later after we were been to the house for six months. They kept calling, apologizing, like, oh, sir, sir, there's something with the title. We don't know what's happening. I'm like, why are you apologizing? I'm leaving for free. It's <laughs> what God will do. It's what God will do when you put him first. Pastor Steve always says, God does fuzzy math. But you don't know that until you jump. It's until you go that you see God put something there. If it's calculated, it's not faith. Faith is the evidence of things you don't see. And the substance of things you hope for. That's faith. This is a chance, I'm telling you. It's a chance for all of us to break some barriers in our lives. To break the poverty mindset. We were talking about it. We pray that, 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 that we start a new faith thing that our kids, when they get old enough to make decisions, that they're not thinking about money. That's how you break barriers. That's how you break bondage going forward. Because everybody says they have faith until it's time to act with faith. Listen to me. This is how you overcome fear of money. See, I don't have no problem talking about money. You know why? Because God has already dealt with me that it's not going to control me. Yeah. And, and, and can I just put some people at ease here? If you think we want your money, keep it. Because this is, this is not about that. Right? And I'm not into pleasing everybody. You know, my leadership philosophy is simple. If you want to please everybody, go sell ice cream. Amen. I didn't come to sell ice cream. I came to build the church of the living God. I, I, I came to do... God's will. Look at Jesus' promise. Jesus said this. Look at his promise. He said, look, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together to make room for more. Running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Think about that. People are like, I want a breakthrough. Well, give a dollar, you get a breakthrough dollar. You ever heard people talk like that? I really want a blessing. I really want to find it. It's like, like listen, you're sowing what you're going to reap. Isn't it funny? Like, let's not kid ourselves with talking the Christianese but not actually acting. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, we some people, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, pastor. Thank you, Jesus. It's like, whoa, whoa. Who talks like that? I'm a pastor. I don't talk like that. People with all these crazy christian stuff, but it's like when it comes to actually doing it, it's like, well, the way my bank account's set up. It's like, no, no, no. It's time to activate the faith. It's actually that time to live it. You don't have to know the Bible to be blessed. All you have to know is it is more blessed to give than to receive and watch what God will do when you activate just one verse. Activate one verse. Just that one verse and see what God will do. He will pour out a blessing on you you cannot contain. He's that good. He's that faithful. And so we're not going to be a church that's afraid to tackle a giant. We're not going to be that church. And if this is not for you, find a church where you can give 50 cents and receive 50 cents. God bless you. Okay, that's how I feel. I just want to make it clear. Right? I want to be the kind of pastor that when I say something, you know what I said. What, What was he saying? He said, like, find a church where you can give 50 cents, you can give 50 cents back. But who wants to go on a wild faith ride and see God do some things in our lives? Come on. Come on. 
Come on. So here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying, church. If this is you, if this is your church, I gave you this for a reason. I want you to go home and pray with your family. If you have a family, if you're single, man, so. So. Talking about, I want a wife, but you can't sew into God's house. God's going to trust you with a wife? Are you out of your mind? You know, girlfriend talking about, I want a godly man. Well, you better start sewing into godly things if you want to see a godly man. Talking to a dude yesterday, trying to give me the whole Christianese thing, right? But then we get to some real stuff, then he starts to leave. Why? Because I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, you quoted all the verses, but then when I poked, you got, you got, you got weird, you got funny. Why? Because you're, you're, you're talking, but you're not walking. <laughs> talking, but you ain't walking. Right? Because we ain't about that. We're about walking. You know, when we, when we built the, 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 the master's bill, we have a high school and, 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 a, and a college ministry. Pastor Steve gave $50,000, took a second mortgage, and he blessed it. And then he says, who else? Pastor Mike stepped up, the three families. Again, Pastor Mike is like, I'm not going to let you hang out there. I'm, I'm in for 52. Pastor Ron's like, y'all going to let me have it? I'm in for 52. Just the three pastors gave $150,000. <laughs> I want you to take this home and pray. We have two weeks to raise $320,000. It's all laid out there. If each person gives a certain amount, we'll get there and above, I believe. If all of us activate our faith. This is going to be above and beyond what we can ask or think. Pray about it. Put it somewhere you see it every day. And say, God, I want you to bless the work. You know, you, can, you, you get to be part of history. These people are written in the Bible because they took a chance. If you go home, keep reading. It'll tell you, this family gave this much, this family gave this. Like, they lay it out, every family, what they gave. How cool is it that you get to be part of God's business on earth? And you can say, man, I, look, my family was there when we did that. So pray. We have two weeks. What will be, but it has to be a sacrifice. It's got it's to hurt so good kind of faith. It's got to stretch you a little bit. It's got to make your mouth dry a little bit. It's got to make your heart. It's got to make your knees buckle a little bit. Kind of faith. And then the week after that, June 25th, I want to do something. You got to pray we're able to do this. But I want to ask the city to let, let us have a procession from here to our new building that Sunday. Okay. Can you imagine hundreds of cars going to Fort Rice Street? Not. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the buzz in the city? Where are all these cars going? It's not a funeral, it's a celebration. We're going to God's house. We're going to go lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going to celebrate by faith what he's about to do for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Somebody take a moment and give God some praise in this place. Come on, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up all over this place.
We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For more information on New Life and all of our campuses, log on to www.atnewlife.org.